Welcome to the Mind Your P's and Q's podcast with Mind Your Manners Mediation. I'm your host, Attorney Abby Godless, chatting with you about important family law topics and giving you tips for navigating Arizona divorce and custody. Let's get chatting. Today's episode is all about those post-divorce to-dos that so many people would either not think twice about in the first place, or perhaps the thought did come to mind at some point, but it went right back out just as quickly as it did come to mind. Before we dive in, though, I do have just a bit of housekeeping And that is actually just some exciting announcements from my 2023 update. So at the end of last year, I did give just a blip of where I was and where things were going because I did fail to upload at all in November. And so with that, I was hopeful that the changes would take place properly at the split of the year. Sadly, it was about a week off. But no worries because things are officially rolling out and I'm here to let you guys know that first and foremost, the most exciting thing in my opinion is my new website. It is both redesigned, but I do also have a new domain. I have added services and made changes to my firm over this last year. And so I did come up with a trade name that has also now been officially introduced to the world, despite me using it for a bit now behind the scenes. And it's nothing creative. It's just my last name. It's Godless Law. But it will allow me to offer some of my newer services under the trade name where it makes a little more sense. Because while I love my firm name, Mind Your Manners Mediation, It is obviously, it only references mediation with no reference to more traditional legal help. Um, And so I did just think it made sense to have the trade name. I am also making 2024 the year that I stop overthinking things and letting my social anxiety not only creep up, but fully take over. And so another exciting announcement is that I am going to do my best to have guests on my podcast this year, but the flip side of that is that I am going to challenge myself to step a bit out of my comfort zone and find other podcasts where I can have my own guest appearances. And to that end, I actually already had my very first guest spot. And so with the new website, with this new goal of mine, you will find any and all guest appearances that I do have, I will add to my podcast page. Um, So if you go to my website and click over to the podcast at the top of the page, you will find Mind Your P's and Q's if you're not already listening from there as I'm telling you this. And if you scroll the page, All my guest appearances, uh, as they slowly but surely come out, will be added there. I do invite you to go check out my new website, explore all the services that I'm offering, and the final housekeeping on all of these notes is that 
You can find my website in the show notes. I have gone back and updated all the old episode show notes to reflect my updated Instagram handle and my updated website. I did notice, however, that oddly, even though I was just updating the show note detail, I wasn't re-uploading or messing with the audio itself in any way. A few of the more recent episodes, when the website was updated in the show notes, it somehow, in saving those updates, goofed and rewrote the release date as the date that I was saving the, the website edit. Um, so I don't know that anyone is so tied to paying attention to when each of my episodes is released, but I thought I should just let everyone know that if you see that a few claim to be released on the same day or just generally released on some day that is not the odd Wednesday schedule that I stick to, then I am so sorry. It just means that is one of the episodes where the original true release date was just goofed and rewritten, so to speak. But with all of that said and out of the way, let's get into the important things that you need to consider doing after the judge has fully signed granting you your divorce. The first thing that you need to consider is that if during your marriage you did take on your spouse's name and during the divorce you opted to restore your name to your, I loosely say maiden name because even now it is still more common that a woman will take the man's last name during marriage and restore it to properly what would be the maiden name, but in the modern world, I, I do hesitate to truly commit to the somewhat outdated term maiden name because there are definitely times where men will take their wives' last names or the couple collectively comes up with either a hyphenated or newly created last name. So whatever the scenario might be, if you did change your name for the marriage and it was restored during the divorce, then the very first thing you need to do is remember that you need to address your name change. Just having it noted as part of your final court orders isn't good enough. The very first step you need to take is getting a certified copy of your divorce decree. You can do this by going down to the courthouse and you can have the clerk direct you, but you'll be going to public records and you will be able to pretty easily, it's a very straightforward process, um, but you will be able to request the certified copy of the divorce decree. There will be a fee to get the certified copy. It will be both a per page fee just to have the decree itself copied, and then there will be an additional fee to actually have that copy certified. From there, you use the certified copy to start with your government ID docs. And so you can go to the Social Security office, you can go to the DMV, you can start getting those most important identifying top level IDs in order because then you use those new IDs to trickle down and update everything else. 
This means that all your bills, all your different logins, check your profile and account settings, and just slowly but surely correct each account as you're in there if it's not something that is important or requires you to keep your info up to date at all times. Moving away from having your name restored, the two other umbrella categories of things that you'll need to do after a divorce are consider your estate plan and consider the need to update beneficiaries that are directly listed on accounts. So somewhat two sides of the same coin. With the estate plan, this is going to have two different paths depending on whether you have an existing estate plan in place or not. If you have an existing estate plan, then your job is to consider what updates need to be made to it. And you will have to make updates because while you likely don't intend your ex to remain the beneficiary and would want to update it to reflect that, the reality is even if you do want your ex to remain the executor or beneficiary, that in any way that you might want your ex to remain an active part of your estate plan, you have to go and update it after your divorce because their eligibility was automatically revoked upon your divorce. So my first side comment is that the statute that lays out all of the different things that will be automatically revoked or changed upon divorce, I have linked that statute in the show notes. We are gonna hit all the bullet points of that statute, but if you do wanna see the true legally straight from the horse's mouth, the link's in the show notes. And so the key here is that upon divorce, you and your ex respectively you each have that same auto revoke. You're removed from their stuff, they're removed from your stuff. And so in the times where you do still want them to maintain their executor role or still receive benefit under your estate plan, you have to update it and make clear that, you know, John Smith, his name hasn't changed, but who he is to me has, and I do still want him to whatever details you still want him on. And do know that this does only apply to divorce if for the moment you have only had your legal separation granted. Remember, under the law, you are still married. Yes, you are physically living apart and you have separated your lives enough that you're living independent lives but legally, there is still a marital community. So these auto-revoking provisions under that statute, they only apply to divorce. So as soon as you know that your divorce is official, don't start messing with the estate plan before the judge signs off. You can certainly prep what changes you want to get made, but you should not be signing and fully effectuating a revision to your estate plan or a whole new estate plan until the divorce is fully granted. But upon it being fully granted, waste no time. Get your estate plan up to date. 
Now, the other side of the aisle is that you didn't have an estate plan previously, in which case, hard pause, stop and consider whether you need one now. And if nothing else, if you have kids, the answer should be a pretty automatic yes. You don't need a lot of things or a lot of money in order to have a will put in place, to have a trust put in place. There are different benefits to having a will versus a trust, but in both instances, they help ease the transfer. They not only make clear your wishes, but they are there to ease the transfer of all the different things. So if you didn't have an estate plan before, and that may or may not be because you knew that while married, your spouse would automatically assume most, if not all, of your things. God forbid you passed away during the marriage, but you're no longer married. So even if you want your sentimental items, you want your money, even if you want all of that to go to the statutory beneficiaries, because there are default beneficiaries under the law, having an estate plan formalized can just ease and simplify that process. And if nothing else, if you have kids, where I said a moment ago that it should be pretty much an automatic yes that you put an estate plan in place post-divorce, and that's because you want to be able to ensure you have a say in the future guardian or guardians of your kids. No one has a crystal ball. You have no way of knowing if between now and whatever, God forbid, time you were to pass away, what if your ex also had passed away. Well, they're more often than not the obvious candidate that when one parent dies, the kids would go to the other parent regardless of divorce or if the parents were ever married, etc., etc. But you want to be sure that in those worst case scenarios where neither of you are available, have your say put in writing. Now, shifting from the formal estate plan into the other assets you might have that either allow you or require you to directly name a beneficiary, that is also going to be something where you need to confirm if or what changes need to be made. Retirement accounts is certainly one of the most common of these additional assets, and they can vary greatly based on the specific plan. So a few things to keep in mind are that with IRAs in particular, that is something that is auto-revoked or it's supposed to be auto-revoked. The problem here is if the IRA custodian isn't aware of the divorce, isn't doing diligence in trying to confirm the marital status, they may distribute those funds wholly unaware. Not that they were maliciously releasing funds to a wrong or outdated beneficiary. They just didn't know and took what would otherwise be normal action. On the opposite side of this are the plans, like federal plans that are governed by ERISA, 
And certain plans, like the ERISA ones, will actually direct the administrators of those plans to rely on the named beneficiary no matter what. And federal law does provide that the designation is the end-all be-all. Divorce and other details that might matter in certain contexts doesn't matter here. So you definitely need to update it in those times because there's absolutely nothing that makes your ex as the named beneficiary invalid. It remains valid independent of the divorce case. The bottom line here is don't chance getting a major asset like a retirement account wrong. Get with the custodians, get with the administrators, get the direct plan documents and find out what the rules say about whether an ex-spouse is automatically revoked or not. And to an extent, that part may or may not be priority because ultimately you really need to focus on figuring out the process to updating things and just make the updates and get the new beneficiaries listed as you see fit. Life insurance and bank accounts are two more areas that are supposed to automatically revoke those beneficiaries upon the divorce. But in both cases, if the respective representatives aren't told that there is a change to the marital status and they don't do other diligence on their own to check it out at the time of payout, there is a chance that the life insurance proceeds or whatever funds are in the various bank accounts that they are dispersed to your ex as the beneficiary seen in the system, even though under the law, they would have been revoked. Arizona does have a vehicle beneficiary form that you can get through the DMV. So my first thing would be, if you didn't know that that's a thing, I haven't really spoken on estate planning generally, even though it is a bit of a compliment to the family law topics we cover. Um, So my first thing would just be, yes, FYI, we have a vehicle beneficiary designation. It has really good detail about how you fill it out and how you keep it with your vehicle's title and all the good detail that you'll need to make sure it's good to go but can be an efficient way to note who would get your car upon your passing. And it could be completely separate from any formal estate plan. And so just know that that's the thing that's out there. But on the more relevant note to today's episode, that's another one where you need to make sure that if you did have one of these forms filled out before the divorce, you're going to want to get a new one printed out and update who you would want your vehicle to pass to if and upon your passing. And the final comment I am going to make is that if after the divorce, you and your ex still own real property together, and there are plenty of reasons that this may be, but if there is real property that during the marriage was owned as joint tenants with the right of survivorship. So that's the scenario where while you were married, the goal was that if one of you passed away, 
the other one of you got the entire 100% of the title without having to take any further action. It was just an automatic. There were two of you. One of you passed away. So the remaining one of you gets the whole thing. Now, any real property that was owned like that and is still owned together after the divorce is automatically converted from that joint tenancy with the rights of survivorship to tenancy in common. What that means is that it is still acknowledging the joint ownership, but there is no longer that automatic assumption of the portion of the property that belongs to whichever one of you passes away. Your portion of that property is your sole and separate, and you can designate whatever beneficiary that you see fit. So I hope that today's episode gave you some food for thought. On the one hand, the list isn't necessarily the lengthiest, but on the other hand, Some of these tasks are certainly going to be less fun and more time-consuming than others. For instance, if you are having to change your name and you find yourself having to change things like your license, who wants to be at the DMV? Certainly not me. Um, But yeah, I just hope that this got you thinking and remembering that Just because the judge signed off and you're ready to party and celebrate that your divorce is final and you're on to your next adventure, I'm sorry to be the party pooper who reminds you of that bit of purgatory before your next adventure. Make sure those final I's are dotted and those last T's are crossed and then go live your best next chapter, but at least you know that you truly addressed everything related to the divorce after the main shebang was over. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next time to stay in the know. Any links mentioned and all credits and permissions can be found in the show notes. I'll catch you in our next episode.